Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. To our online people, great to be with you again. Thanks for letting me into your lounge room. I really like lounge rooms. <laughs> Love you all. Thanks for being with us. Um, uh, the offering, what a beautiful people you are. You know what happens in our church? We punch above our weight because you're just generous, right? And then God entrusts us with more. He goes, oh, oh, I can trust you guys. Now I'll entrust you with more. So I think like you guys sow the seed, then God entrusts us with more and the, and the church grows and its influence um, on the earth grows and we're able to help people, which, which I love. Um, uh, this little brace that I got on is from uh, Jay Bolton, does a thing called the 3AM Project to help uh, reduced suicide in the building industry. He got on to has one of the highest rates of suicide in the nation. So he runs this special program. And our project wellbeing uh, that we're doing at the moment is kind of based on that. And Ellie uh, shared at it. She's third year of her clinical psychology degree. She shared well. And um, it was so interesting. Uh, but Jay's one, he, he had finished his one and they do a I think he does a 50k walk, like really tough, and it was on the central coast, and there were 50 people, you know, in black t-shirts, and I had to share with them for 10 minutes, you know, at the halfway mark while they had a rest and a drink, and 50 of them came up the beach, and a couple of Jay's staff and myself were sitting there, you know, with fruit and everything, preparing, but all the locals were so interested, like, this is a quiet beach, not much happens there. So all the locals are coming out and talking to us and going, what's this, what's this? So we told them what was happening. And a few people there are people that run uh, mental health courses themselves. One lady did it through Art, fairly new agey, and a few others. So they said, oh, can we stay and listen? I said, yeah, of course you can. And after it, they stayed and we talked and I got to share the gospel with them. Like, like not, not you guys are wrong and we're right, but just they said, why were you able to share that well and confidently like that? And So you just share two-minute testimony, don't you? And I thought, gee, it was, it was so powerful I don't know what, what people do sometimes and the difference it makes. Which leads me a little bit to this. I was very moved by most of the 50 people that did this walk had lost loved ones to suicide. And that's why they were doing that. One guy had two new knees and was still doing this really hard 50k walk. And after I shared, I saw him head off. <laughs> it was like he was so stiff, you know. I knew they'd loosen up again, but I thought, man, I couldn't do that. You're the bravest guy I've ever seen. Um, but it made me think about uh, their tragedies had changed their identity and they were prepared to go through pain to do something to help others. And I thought that's a beautiful quality for anyone to add to their identity. And um, I want to share kind of an unusual message. It's called From Dust to Glory, but it's just, we're just going to look at Genesis 1, but kind of light, not super intense. But just have a browse at some interesting things because I think some of it affects our own identity and can have a healthy effect on our identity. So, so you know, we'll do an enjoyable overview of Genesis 1 um, and hopefully you'll get some insights into your own identity. So we're going to look at it in Scripture. I'm not going to read the whole chapter just because of time, but I'll, I'll highlight. So let's just read the first couple of verses. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Paul Bartlett, our state president for ACC, just has this brilliant revelation on the Spirit hovering. 
formless and dark, nothing's happening. And he said, when nothing's happening in your life or your situation or, you know, you're worried and you think, why isn't God doing anything? He said, it's okay because the Spirit's hovering and at the right moment he'll, he'll move. I, and I love that. It was a brilliant revelation. Um, so day one, this is from about verse three, but I'm going to skip through it now. Day one is let there be light. And he separated the light from the darkness. That's pretty basic for day one. Um, Day two, God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the waters from under the vault to the water above. So there's this concept of a lot of water in the heavens. The sun's on the other side shining through and it creates like this greenhouse effect where everything just grows incredibly and you get this paradise. And it also explains why Noah's flood, when that vault was opened, so much water was able to come down quickly and in that period of time fill the whole earth. Um, God called the vault sky. So we go to day three. Now, day three is a big day compared to day one, day two. Um, So dry ground appears, land or terra, terra firma. Um, And he gathers the waters together into the seas. And it goes on, vegetation appears. And he does this whole multiplication built into creation. I'll just sidetrack before I tell you about seed-bearing vegetation. Some church leaders just have this incredible revelation on multiplication and it's why they're able to have churches of tens of thousands because they just get, they don't kind of strive it, they just get that multiplication is within the design of things and they just find ways to do things that lets the multiplication out. Um, they always amaze me and I, and I love that. Um, anyway, vegetation appears, seed-bearing plants, fruit with seed in it. And as Paul Young once said in our church, the seed within the seed. Um, I've just started growing stuff from seed and it's, it's amazing what, what happens. And you get one pumpkin, you can collect all the seed out of that. You think from one seed, I've got one pumpkin, how good's that? But the pumpkin has like another 300 seeds in it. The, like the multiplication is there. I can't be bothered harvesting them, the lazy <laughs> farmer. But if you are hungry, you know, there, there's, there's enough to feed you for a year right there and your friends. Um, Fruit with seed in it. And then trees. Okay, we go to day four. Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night. I'm going to tell you something really interesting about day four, but in a minute. Um, God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. Notice he creates in a way where some things govern other things. So, so governance is kind of interests me in church life. I don't even like that it has to be there, but it's so necessary that some people in the church can govern. They don't have to do the ministry, but they can govern. They can create the structure. They can enable it to happen. They can delegate authority, but they haven't laid hands, preached, touched anyone. That's just their thing, and we need that, and we, and we need to respect that. Um, uh, where are we? Uh, to govern. All right. And we go to day five, let the water teem with living creatures. He's really filling stuff up now. And the birds fly above the earth in the vault of the sky. So he fills the oceans. He fills the sky. And then we go to day six, another doozy of a day. Let the land produce living creatures. Wow, that's, that would be interesting after 
things are set up. Living creatures on the land now, not just the seas and the sky, but on the land. You think that'll probably do, God. Let's just set up camp there. I've been doing, you know, backyard farming since I retired a few days a week, and it's been such a beautiful healing thing for me. It's like going back to Adam in the garden and just living that lifestyle a little bit. Because for 30 years of caring about so many people and so much, and every week getting the report, this person's gone through this, this person's gone through that, we need to sort this out in leadership. So you do that for a long time, but, you know, eventually you go, oh, boy, I can't do that anymore. I care, but I've got no energy left to do that anymore, and you let it go. And the farming thing has been so healing. And um, our, our, we had to have our dog put down yesterday, and, she, and she's been beautiful. But I was way teary than I thought I'd be. But I, I thought, I think because that farming animal thing has just been the season. But you know how God doesn't let you, he's kind of given me this season, less people, more animals. You know what I mean? But he's going, Zeri, you're getting way too dependent <laughs> on animals. And you're not, you need more people. So... The season's up. We're, we're going to shift that again now. I thought, oh. So I'm reading through this this morning, I think. Oh, God, you could have just stopped at animals for a fair while. <laughs> you know? I just like, like the animal thing. Um, and then there were livestock. So not just wild animals, but animals for farming to produce food, etc. cetera. Um, and so that's a pretty good day six to me. Then he does a really, really radical thing. It just, I reckon heaven would have gone, whoa, it creates mankind. Ay, ay, ay. This is big. And I'll kind of come back to that at the end because there's so much significance in that. Um, you know, so he does mankind in his image, bless, be blessed, be fruitful and increase, multiply. And then just an interesting thing to finish on. I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be your food. So he starts man off in paradise as vegetarian. Now, I never knew this. I read it again. And to all the beasts of the earth and the birds and the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. The animals are all vegetarians. I know. It changes. I'm not going to be a vegetarian, by the way. I find I can't kill my own animals and eat them. And there's nothing wrong with people that, that can do that. Just for me, I build this emotional connection and once I looked into their eyes, I can't kill them and eat them. But guess what? I go upstairs and have steak for dinner and I don't think, you know, I'm a super hypocrite. Like, I'm just... Anyway, for what it's worth. Um, and then, you know, we go on to day seven where, where, where God has a rest. So, so let's just look at some things. I'll, I want to start with a little bit of John Lennox, because John Lennox is a guy that Dave Durheim put me onto. He's probably one of the finest Christian minds on the earth, a scientist, etc. But he's just, and he's a beautiful gentleman, but he's revelation. And he, and he can debate with the biggest atheists on earth who are very clever, but he just loves them. And he, he's so, he just knows they're wrong. And he just has this confidence because no matter what to say, he knows they're wrong and God just gives him truth and he shares with them so beautifully. Um, so he says this about the three different views of, of the first week of creation. There's the 24-hour view, seven 24-hour days or one earth week, which would make the earth about 6,000 years old. So that's one view. He doesn't say any of these are wrong because they can live side by side. The day-age view, 
The days are in chronological order, each representing a period of unspecified length. But the order is important in what things happened in. And then there's the third one, is the framework view, where the days represent and exhibit a logical order but not a chronological order. That the order doesn't, doesn't matter so much. And I haven't got time, but he goes on to say, that, that's, all those can live side by side and, and it's okay. We don't have to be, yeah, you're wrong, I'm right. I'm a, you know, I'm a premillennial, I'm a post-tribulant. Yeah, it's okay. Just, just, just sit. Just move through life. Follow the Holy Spirit. Um, Isaiah 45, 12 gives an account of creation and doesn't prioritise chronology. It sort of shows creation's real, the whole creation thing's real, and the order isn't the biggest issue. Um, He says the framework view is more interested in the two triads of the creation week, days one to three, where God creates kind of a structure and an atmosphere and a place that's brilliant that things are going to live in when he creates them and that the second three days are filling it with life. Imagine, imagine heaven watching the first three days and think, whoa, this is so interesting. And then he does the thing. But then he, um, do you get, do you, you just got to get this with me. I love people. Jesus loves people so much he died for them. All, I, I get all that. But you go through life and you get a bit of a shock at how screwed we up, oh, screwed up we all are really. <laughs> like, and I see mankind and, you know, the war in the Ukraine's happening and like mankind really screws things up. And so I'm reading this this morning, aware of war and death, and I'm like, you sure you want to create mankind into this? Because so far, nothing is going to wreck this up. I got really disturbed about it. Um, and I just like this about day seven. This was my only revelation on it. He stops. Not so much because he needed a rest, but he did rest. So rest is good. Um, I don't feel guilty for rest. But I thought the thing that came to me the most that really leapt out was he just stopped and enjoyed what he'd done. I hope you're doing that. I hope you're... Because I look across at him, you're all really hard workers. Really hard workers. Um, And responsible people and successful people. Sometimes you've got to stop and enjoy it. And it was important for God to sort of take a look and go, wow, how, how good is this? Because remember at the end of every day he said, it's good. Um, interestingly enough to me though, he does evaluate his work and he looks at Adam and he goes, you know what? Everything's good but it's not good for you to be alone. It's, it, it, I don't know if he kind of, that was an advanced plan thing or he just looked at it and thought, no, we're going we're gonna to now... You need, you need partnership. You need other people. One person isn't going to work on the earth. Like him saying to me yesterday, I go home, few tears. Okay, I go there and I tell the chooks. I go, chooks, the dog's gone. Like I told the chooks and a couple of their friends went too. And the dog's gone because the dog's really good at protecting them from the magpies when they're roaming around the yard. And I said, we're going to, because I, I forget to listen. You know, you hear the magpies calling each other and then they swoop. So she would race down when she heard the calls and protect them. I said, there's no more protection. I burst into tears. You know, it's like, oh, the farm's changed. So it's like I had my own little version this morning of, Zeri, the farm's changed. 
Um, so we've, we've gone through the days. Um, the roof, the vault, the covering, the atmosphere, the land bursting forth with growth, the lights in the sky. Now watch this. Day four, the sun appeared and the moon appeared. But what's the first thing he says on day one? Let there be light. But he doesn't create the sun and the moon till day four. I don't know the answer. That's interesting. Does the glory of God kind of shine down and penetrate? You know what I mean? Because there's a scripture that says how there's no shadows in heaven. Because the light of the, of the glory of God fills the place. It's not like a one source that, that, that sits there. So that's interesting. So I, I wondered if even in that first part, the light was just, was just God shining. Don't know. I, I, I don't know the answer. It's just an interesting, whoa. Um, teeming with life. Mankind, I'm stuck right there. Okay, vegetarians. The three domains to form the whole, sea, land and sky, created the thing that things could live in. There were, there were lots of threes, plants, animals, mankind, like the three types of life were interesting to me. Um, even in the church, there's, there's lots of threes. There's, there's governors, like we talked before, there's ministers and there's people. Or you could say there's leaders, there's the sheep and there's the lost, of which we all once were. And that's the whole thing. Please let the lost in and bring them in because... They're part of the church. That's, that's, that's how the church has life and grows and sustain and justifies its place on the earth. So there's, there's, there's just lots of these categories of three that I thought were interesting. And God didn't create from nothing. He used his word on the first five days, but when he gets to mankind, it says he formed, and the word means with his hands. He formed from the, from the dust of the earth. Interesting enough, I just wanted to say this. I've just got a really high respect for women. I think because I had a great mum. And I kind of have this personal hate when guys dominate their wives and go, you know, submit and the Bible says that. But I found this word in studying that in the original language. There's a word that goes with it in, you know, husband and wife working together and it's co-regency. So men, I would be very careful about dominance and control and forcing people to submit because I think that's got nothing to do with what makes a good marriage. I think there's a submit to each other in what the other person's strengths are. And I, certainly if we were at loggerheads and really stuck on something, Ros would go, well, there's a scripture that says wives submit to husbands. So... I'll, I'll come under you on that and then we'll evaluate and see how it goes. But if you're wrong, I'll tell you. <laughs> and this is where we blow it, guys, because you dominate and get it wrong and then you want to keep dominating and you don't come back and apologise and be accountable for the call you made. So if you want respect, and maybe that to happen next time if there's loggerheads again, it's really important you know when you're wrong and come back and say, I was wrong about that. Whoa. So just, just get this co-regency thing, it's big. And man was made from the dust, but the wife was made from flesh. I heard someone say once, I love this, Esther Perel goes, um, it's like blokes, if they're a car, they're a jeep. They're just rough and a bit ugly and they're kind of forgetting around with over the rough stuff. But a woman's like a Rolls Royce. She's a thing of beauty. Well, I, I agree with that. 
I agree with that. I think that's fantastic. Great things. Great to have women around, isn't it? All right. So that's why, you know, if I go, oh, don't put mankind on there, that, that'll wreck it up, or just stop at Adam. Well, that's dumb. We need women, don't we, men? You've got to admit that to yourself. Even for you, there's this, in your uniqueness, there's like God could do three different paintings of you. He could do a painting of you, the individual. He could do a painting of how you fit into creation, which is what we've talked about this morning. But also at the end of your life, he could do a painting of how you fit into history. And you might want to just consider that in in what you want your identity to be. Okay, let me just say a few things and I'll head towards the end. So when we're created the image of God, this is taken out of Hebrews 2. Here's some of the qualities. So this is identity. You You were given unique personality and giftings. You were given a capacity to worship your creator. You were given an ability to make free choices with good morals. You were given an ability to reflect God through your life. You were given a responsibility to carry delegated authority from him. And when you have delegated authority given to you, it's to help those under you and to honour those over you. That's how it works on the earth. You know, people, for me, I I resisted being a senior pastor because I didn't want to be one. I didn't want that level of authority. But God came along and gave it to me and requested it of me. And I thought, I don't want this. But his choice, so I submit to it, thinking it would be a horror journey. And I have these beautiful people that are way brainier than I am, more spiritual than I am, better than integrity than I am, like just surpass me on every level. And they come and hold your arms up and serve so you can be better at what you do. Oh, how beautiful is the kingdom? I don't always trust people that desperately want to be senior pastors or want the platform. There's nearly always a pride or insecurity involved in that. And I think it's almost like to me, unfortunately, someone has to lead. But it doesn't mean they're better than someone else. That's such a loud point. God loves partnership and team. Jacques Jacques said the other day, your capacity to trust God will affect how much you get hurt by humans. I thought that was amazing. And notice God created with dust and water. You just created from mud. He didn't use gold because you know why? He wanted humble vessels. You weren't so much to display or be an ornament. (laughs) And I found in this little study book I got on Hebrew words, humility was the best definition of humility I've ever heard. It changed, changed my life. Just two days ago, I read this. The word for humility in Hebrew is anavar. I don't know how to pronounce it. The literal de- definition of anavar is to occupy your God-given space in the world, not to overestimate yourself, nor to underestimate yourself either. And he talked about the power of Babel and Tower of Babel, and he said, they wanted to make a name for themselves, quoting scripture. And he says that was, you know, taking up more space than what God had given them. And so he says their motivation was the opposite of Anavar because they wanted to take up more than their God-given allocated space in the world. He says growing up, and this was me brought up Catholic, I was taught that humility was thinking less of yourself by taking up the smallest possible space. 
And that's a wrong teaching. And you might get it in other churches too. But Anavar is about, watch this, being aware of and comfortable with your place. We don't take up so much space that it squeezes others out or take up so little space that our responsibilities keep falling to others. Whoa. Isn't that a brilliant, balanced definition? I just think, wow. How good's heaven going to be where Jesus teaches us in Hebrew, you know, and we're like, wow, never knew that. Mm. 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 Okay, so let me just finish with this. This is almost the whole thing. So God creates, all right? Jesus is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. So he creates wanting to share love. But for love to be love, there has to be a free choice. For there to be a free choice, there has to be an opposition, you know, an opposite side. And then you get to live and make the choice which side. But he does that knowing that the cost of us being loved properly is his son. Now, I can't do this. I doubt if you could either. And he goes ahead and creates the world. And then he puts mankind on it. And I don't know if there's a moment in history, so heaven's watching, you know, and he does mankind and they're like, blowing my mind. And a couple of weeks later, he explains to them what it's going to cost to do the whole redemptive plan. And it's going to cost Jesus going to earth and giving his life. And what's more, people are going to beat him up and kill him. The perfect, the perfect gift. Like, can you imagine still creating, knowing that? I thought, oh, I can't. Like, it changes my life, but I can't fully get my head around it at all. I just kind of, you know, get it in and go, ooh. So I thought, wow, when we read Genesis, knowing what God went through to decide to do the creation and his love for you in moving ahead with it, how beautiful is your identity? How important are you to God? Wow. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.